Welcome to Season 9 of Sundays with Wendy, How Did You Heal? I'm your host, Wendy Goldberg, founder of the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation. Healing is at the heart of her work, so this season the podcast continues to focus on one of the most powerful and inspiring aspects of the human spirit, healing. Over the past eight seasons, we have shed light on various aspects of healing with the healing arts, grief, caregiving, love, and overcoming adversity. This season, How Did You Heal? We bring you intimate interviews and heartfelt conversations exploring different modalities and approaches from traditional to alternative, from inner work to community support, and everything in between. Our guests will share their personal stories and the support systems that help find solace and peace and ultimately remind us of the resilience and strength within each one of us. So find a comfortable space and immerse yourself in the stories filled with hope, compassion, and the unwavering belief in the power of healing. Stay tuned and let the healing begin. Today I have Dr. Julie. I'm not even sure how to introduce you, so I'm just going to start with reading your bio. Dr. Reverend Julie Kay, a doctorate of chiropractic, science-based nutritionist, Dr. Joe Dispenza, heart math trained healthcare practitioner, ordained minister, certified integrative energy therapist, priestess of divine love, peace, and healing, published author, international speaker, alternative cancer researcher, and she has been in clinical practice for 28 years. So welcome, Julie. Thank you. I'm honored to be here, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me. You know, you and I met, oh gosh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. When we were one of six or seven who were asked to be in the ADL ministerial program. And it was just a pleasure getting to know you over that period of time. I feel the same about you. I feel like we were soul sisters. The two of us were cancer patients. And I was very nervous about going into a program when I was in the middle of treatment, but I really think it was one of the best things I could have done. I couldn't agree more. I think having all of us pulling together for each other, community is huge when you're going through any battle, but cancer is, it's just the unknown. And having all of us together and you guys cheering me on and us cheering you on, I really think it makes a difference. You and I met each other in the healing world. And so I have to ask you first, what does the word healing mean to you? Yeah. So that's a big word because most people use the word cure. And I think healing is so more appropriate and multifaceted because when you heal, you touch every level of mind, body, and soul. And I think the traditional, or I should say conventional medicinal world, they only treat the symptoms and they only throw the three things that they know, chemo, surgery, and radiation. But when you truly heal, you go on a soul surface level. You change everything about yourself. You change your mind, your body, your spirit, your routine, your schedule. When I was diagnosed, I literally changed everything in my world. I said, slow down, sister. And I really believe that healing, you have to touch on multiple layers or I don't think you really grasp what your purpose in life is. And I think that that's what a major diagnosis such as cancer is all about. 
I got to witness you go through a roller coaster ride during your journey. And I was hoping you could share a little bit about yeah, that. I would love to. So, wow, let's start at the beginning. January 16th of 2020 is when I got the most devastating news of my life. They told me I was diagnosed with a rare terminal, fast-acting, fast-growing, poor prognosis, fast-spreading, triple negative breast cancer, which meant there were no medications I could take. There really isn't any chemo, although they want you to do it. And mine happened to be in a duct. And so they all told me, do not have surgery. Do not cut that duct or it highly likely will spread and you will probably be dead in 18 months to two years. And so I knew in my heart and in my soul, I did not want to do the standard chemo surgery and radiation because they said, you're going to go through it and then they're going to do surgery. And since mine was a really weird shaped tumor, they said, you'll probably wake up with a mastectomy. In fact, they'll probably convince you to do a double mastectomy as prevention before you even go under. And then you're going to do however many rounds of radiation that they decide. And it's a wait and see game. And I just knew in my heart, that's not what I wanted to do. And I said, I'm not doing that. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to go think about it. And they said, we understand completely, but you really need to get into treatment within 90 days. Because if you let this go, the chances of you coming back from it are dim. And I did not let that diagnosis be my prognosis. Like I had been in clinical practice 25 years at the time. I knew there had to be a better way. I just knew it. I felt it in my bones. And so I dug in deep and I researched. I called and interviewed over 15 clinics all over the world, from Greece to Mexico to Iran, all through America. I just learned. I learned so much from every interview. And I decided to make my own treatment plan. And I literally went on a celery juice fast, only having a salad with a veggie burger on top if I really felt that I needed some substance or some food. But for the most part, you know, fear was good for me because it allowed me to do things that I probably wasn't sure I was capable of doing. Mm -hmm. But I did the celery juice fast for seven months. And the next time I did my blood work, I decided that I was going to choose something from one of the interviews that I did. And I ended up choosing RGCC Lab out of Greece, the country. I just think that they are light years ahead of America. And I did their testing. And then I decided to do one of their treatments, which is called a dendritic cell therapy. And every time I did my blood work, it was better and better. That was all of 2020. I was just on a mission. And then in 2021, I discovered Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he opened my mind to the impossible becoming possible. He taught me how to literally pull the mind out of the body, how to ascend my energy, connect with God, connect with the divine. And I did have some coherence healings, but learning his work was so important to me that now I am a uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza healthcare practitioner Right before I had done Dr. Joe, my journey was very spiritual as well. I found a spiritual leader, Kari Caldwell, and she strengthened my soul and opened up my faith stronger than my fear 
of this diagnosis. And so I had a new vision and I just knew that I had to continue that spiritual practice. And after her, I met Dr. Joe and it was the same. And I was just like, I knew I was on the right path. I knew I was just going to keep monitoring myself. And I did. And in 2022, I drew my blood and my circulating tumor cells from the RGCC lab had gotten down to a 1.6, which is crazy, amazing, and fast from what they told me. Most women go years before they get their numbers to move a little bit. And mine jumped from 3.1 down to 1.6. And so that was huge. And I was very proud of myself. And they usually say, you know, you're in the clear if you're in the ones. Well, I still had the tumor inside of the breast. And I knew I wasn't going to do surgery because it was ductal. And so I thought, what am I going to do? And I'd always considered cryoablation where they freeze it out. But I had two lumps. Well, those two ended up merging together. And that was too big for cryoablation. Something deep inside said that wasn't the answer anyway. But I didn't know what was. And I knew I wanted it out. I just had woken up one morning and I was like, I got to get this tumor out. How am I going to do it? So I go into my meditation. And I always ask before every meditation I do, who should I need to speak with today? What do I need to read? Show me what I need to do. Like before every meditation, I ask my soul, my higher self, the divine God to show me a path. And sure enough, I go into this meditation and I remembered I had a patient from the islands when I had my Tampa clinic. He used what's called black salve. He had breast cancer and the black salve drew the tumor out and he was cancer free. I don't know how I forgot about that. What, two, three years have passed before I remembered. So I went down my rabbit hole and I started researching I followed others in their journey of salving. Um, only a few brave women do it on the breast because breast tumors can be long, tiresome, two-year process. That's what they told me. I had an interview with a lady in Australia that helped women do the black salve for breast tumors. And after I talked to her, I just decided to go for it. And you take a special vitamin with all kinds of blends of herbs, but blood root is the, the biggest activator. And I did one bottle of that. And before I finished the last few pills, I could see the tumor coming to the surface of my skin in my breast. And I was like, whoa, my body is reacting really strong to this. Now, remember, I'm meditating three times a day, every day. Like, this is my intention. And this is literally what I told God. I said, dear Lord, I want all of the cancer to just bust out of my boob. That was <laughs> my words. And lo and behold, did God listen? So I applied the black salve because it was getting ready to bust through the skin. And this is the unknown. And I surpassed the Australian specialist. She's like, girl, I don't even know you're teaching me at this point. And so I was like, just going with the divine. I had to pray on it. Okay. Is this the right time? What do I do? And oh, the first time I applied the black salve was September and I'd ordered three batches. I'd order a batch from Australia, a batch from Ecuador, and a batch from America. And I really wanted to use the Australian one because that's who I'd had a consultation with. And she made a batch specifically for me and it got stuck in customs. And literally the day it arrived, the, not my, never say my ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> you always say the, the tumor was ready to bust out. It had just started oozing some clear liquid. And I was really nervous because I was like, when this comes out, I mean, this is cancer. What do I do? So it arrived. I applied the first batch in September, second in October, 
and the third in November. I tell you what, between November and January, this thing erupted. If you looked at it, doctors thought that it was called a fungating tumor. But I learned that a fungating tumor means you're stage four. The cancer is so massive, metastasized inside of your body, it has nowhere to go. So it starts leaking through your skin. And everybody wanted me to do a mastectomy. It's infected. Da, 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 da. But I really followed what I had learned, all these other women and the Australian specialist. And they're like, no, that's the body doing what it's supposed to do. Just keep on the path. Just keep on the path. And so I did. But mine had grown so, the tumor had grown <laughs> so big out of the breast that I began busting blood vessels. And so I started getting bleeders. And Christmas Eve, I had the worst bleeder and it happened while I was asleep and I lost so much blood. When I woke up in the middle of the night, I could literally put my hand on the mattress and blood flowed over my fingers. It went through the protective mattress and it was so thick in my onesie that we all matched in for Christmas. I could not wring all of the blood out of it. And that kind of worried me because I was like, whoa, that's a lot of blood. And I was weak. But again, I told my mind, you're in control of the body. You are the commander, but blood will build back up. You're going to be just fine. Well, I kind of got weaker and weaker. And then I had another bleeder in February and another bleeder in March. And between January and March, I don't know if it drew every cell of cancer out of this body, but it grew. It looked like a double twice baked potato, the size of a softball hanging off of my chest. And that's when I knew I had to do something. So that's when I went into the meditation and I said, please tell me what to do. Three or four days passed and a lady contacted me on social media and she said, hey, Dr. Julie, I was just diagnosed with triple negative last week. I really would like to talk to you. And so we jump on a phone call and I you know, share my story. And, and she says, have you heard of a doctor in New York? He has a special machine and he treats um, presidents and celebrities and politicians and he has cured so many people. Well, so I researched him and I was like, thank you, God. I believe this is the next step. And so I call their office and they say, yeah, you know, he won't talk to anybody or email. You have to fly here for a consultation. So I fly there for a consultation. And by the end of it, I'm just still confused, but I knew there was no other option. And so I scheduled April the 2nd was my first appointment. Stayed there until May 11th. And during that whole process of 22 laser, like he has a special machine that I couldn't find anywhere else. And I searched because I really didn't want to go to New York. It was very expensive. And I just thought there had to be somebody else. Nobody had this machine. And if they did have it, they weren't using it on breast tumors or any other tumor. So I thought I'll do this. I go through the treatments halfway through them. I'm feeling really weak. I do my blood work. The doctor calls me and says, Julie, you have to go to the ER immediately. You need a blood transfusion right now. If you don't go right now, you're going to have a stroke, a heart attack, or die in your sleep. We don't know how you're still up and walking. And so that did freak me out a little bit. And so I called my sister and I was, you know, very upset. And she said, I'm on the first plane out because I was there in New York alone. I honestly could barely get out of bed, but I just kept my faith and I kept saying, you know, I'm going to be healed. I know once this tumor is out of this body, I'm going to change overnight. I just know it. And I just kept that vision in my head and I prayed and I meditated 
Well, I ended up needing the blood transfusion. I almost passed out and I felt a sharp pain in my heart. I went to the ER. I had a blood transfusion and I thought, I'll feel instantly better. And I did not. I was still weak. I was still short of breath. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I had to eat salt to just get myself to the elevator, to the Uber, to make it to my doctor appointments. And so I hit the dark night of the soul. And I truly believe that's when part of me died. Like I surrendered. I literally told God, I said, I have done everything that is humanly possible. I'm turning it over to you. And I did. Sure enough, I ended my treatments and I started feeling a little stronger. I get back home. The tumor is still there. And my daughter, who was six at the time when I got home, she was like, mommy, I thought it would be gone. And I said, yeah, me too. And so the doctor had said, it's just going to fall off. Okay. So I start meditating and praying and just visualizing this thing falling off. And I asked him, I said, well, when should I get a PET scan? Because the treatments will continue to work for weeks to months after you go home. And he said, why would you want to you know, do a PET scan? For one, it's expensive. For two, you're putting more toxins in your body if they do contrast, which they have to. He goes, you have eyes. I have eyes. The cancer's dead. And so that made me feel good that he was confident. After day passes and I'm still weak, I can't go back to work yet. And all of a sudden, two weeks after I arrive home, I knew the tumor was dead. I got in the shower and my finger literally sunk inside of that big, big potato. And I just started peeling it off layer by layer. Oh. Was That was a Thursday. I remember like it was yesterday. And then Friday, I peeled off so much more. I was giving myself a mastectomy, basically. So I skipped Saturday because I started bleeding on Friday. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you had a blood transfusion. If there was ever any blood or any pain, I stopped. Sunday came and I woke up empowered, went into the shower, and there was a big gaping hole that had separated off where I knew like that was going to be the gateway. And I reached under it and I felt this hard rock, which I had never felt before. And I dug my fingernails underneath of this rock surface and it was the actual tumor. The thing that started this whole thing, I reached in and I slowly peeled it out. And I still have the tumor. My breast doctor gave me a solution to put it in. Not the minute I pulled that tumor out, not an hour had passed. My shortness of breath stopped. My blood pressure regulated. I could walk in the kitchen around my island, which I had not been able to do. Like I was almost crawling to my kitchen. My seven-year-old was basically taking care of me for a while. I just felt my life coming back. I felt energy coming back. I felt my body healing like moment by moment. So I take pictures and I send it to the New York doctor. And he says, okay, I want you to do a follow-up with your local doc. Gave me a list of things to do, like shower three times a day, keep it washed. And he said, it's going to take two years for that hole to close. And I was like, yeah, no. It was 15 weeks. My breast is completely healed. The hole from pulling that entire tumor out is closed. It looks like I had surgery and I did not. People hadn't been following me along the journey. They wouldn't believe it because I'm like, this is my cute little boob. And I just kept praying. I don't want to lose the nipple. Not that I care. I mean, who cares? And it's so funny. I kept the nipple. I did lose half of the areola and all half of the breast, but it has closed down 
into almost a perfect suture. It's like the human body is the most amazing thing and God can heal anything. I am living proof that it can happen. And I said, oh my gosh, I did it. I did it. And so now I have to schedule a follow-up scan, which remember I told you, I mean, I searched for years trying to find a place that would do a scan that you don't have to inject a dye into the vein because I just don't like that. It's a chemical that I work so hard to make the body as clean as possible. I've only done two in my life and I chose the radioactive sugar isotope, which is in a PET scan because I knew I could detox that out. I just didn't like gadolinium. I mean, there weren't any other options. Well, now there are. It's a scan called Prenuvo. They're spread out all over America. And there's actually one in Boca, which is 40 minutes from me. So I'm excited to go do that. But I'll know. I'll I'll let the divine tell me when it's time to go check it out. Mm. But I know in my heart, I'm clear, I'm good. And it's my purpose and my mission in life to empower other women and men. Because men are contacting me just as much with prostate cancer, colon cancer. I mean, I do think the world of cancer is changing. At least people want more options because mm-hmm. I wasn't given any options and I had no voice. Like they didn't care. And mm-hmm. so I'd rather just forge my own path being alone than trying to pull in the negative energy from a doctor telling me you can or can't do this. I'm glad for podcasts like this because I honestly believe that cancer is not here to destroy our life or any other disease. I mean, you and I know this, that that oncology lens, but there are other chronic diseases that people feel the same. Autoimmune disorders are just the same. Diabetes, just the same. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it gives us permission to take a deep dive into our life. But when I tell people that have just been diagnosed or, you know, never been diagnosed with anything, and I say, I really believe that cancer is more of an emotional disease than it is parasites. And yes, it's environment. Yes, it's diet. But the emotions from whatever your environment, your job, your diet, your nutrition, the stresses that it puts you under, I think that's the difference between those that heal and those that their light dims and they cross over is because they're not truly happy and they're not truly doing what they were put here on earth to do. Mm -hmm. That may sound a little deep, but I just think it's a wake up call. And I think it's an answer for us to change and become who we truly, truly want to be. My foundation wouldn't have grown at the rate it is growing had I not been diagnosed and meeting you guys, it wouldn't have happened. I agree. I am thankful for the diagnosis. And even half of my family members are like, you are nuts. And I'm like, no, really? Like it's changed my life. I've met so many amazing, wonderful people because of the diagnosis. My whole life has changed. I now have a clinic that's on the water. I'm sitting here looking out. I see boats passing by. This is a dream come true. So I'm grateful and I'm thankful. And, you know, none of us know how long we're going to live. Mm -hmm. My motto is just live the rest of your life, the best of your life. However long that may be. Another week, maybe it's 55 more years. Going to embrace it and love it and live just happy. I was having a similar conversation with my aunt a few weeks back. I was at her house and she said, Wendy, you just didn't even listen to anything those doctors said and just kept on going. And I said, I know. (laughs) I did the conventional treatment, but I also explored all the other healing things. But I think of that healing 
is really what got me through it. And yes. I would say like, I was just bebopping around the clinic. Like I have no limitations. I did it all without any medication. Yes. They always say, is this your list? And it's just herbs and, you know, right. vitamins. There, there's another way to do it. There is. There is. Even when I went after I pulled the mass out and I had this open hole, my local breast doctor's like, I want to see it. You've got to come in. And so I went in and, you know, he looked at it and he's like, there is one thing I'm concerned about. And I said, okay, you can say it once, but I don't want it out into the universe. What is it? And he said, I really want you to be careful. I don't want you to get MRSA. And I said, what? Okay. That never even came into my consciousness. Well, I want to give you a round of antibiotics. I said, no, don't even write it down. I don't need them. I said, I know how to fix infections. I fixed pneumonia, crushing up garlic. I have my own treatments for infection. I said, but it's not infected because this is what my body needs to do. And I trusted it and it's closed. No infections, no nothing. I feel better than ever. There is another way. And even if you choose conventional, it's totally okay. You still have to build your immune system. You still have to remove toxicity mm -hmm. in your mind and your body. Mm -hmm. And you still have to just get rid of the inflammation because inflammation leads to every diagnosis that I've ever known. Julie, your story and what you are doing because of it is so powerful. I don't know. I feel like I just did what felt right to me. I look back and I look at the photos, especially of what my breast went through and wow. I mean, I don't know if I would honestly recommend Black Salve unless <laughs> you are all in. You would have to contact me and I would have to be your cheerleader because if I didn't have a cheerleader saying, that's normal, keep going, do it again, do it again next mm -hmm. month, keep going, I would have second guessed myself maybe, but the right people were in my path at the right time, but it's intense. You can't turn back the clock. But had I known about the machine in New York, I could have gone straight there and skipped the Black Sav. But I didn't know about it. It was part of the journey. journey. That's my journey. So if someone is listening who maybe it's not cancer, but there's something in their lives that they feel could use some healing, you just come at this from all the angles. What advice would you give? Honestly, I think the best thing that anyone could do is imagine your diagnosis, because it's not your diagnosis, it's the diagnosis, being healed. I'm telling you, the brain does not realize the difference between a real life experience and simply what you're imagining. And if you picture, for instance, I needed red blood cells in my body, and I just pictured my body creating red blood cells and hemoglobin, because you take control of your own body and you tell your body what to do and it will listen. So did you hear the story of the man that was given a cancer diagnosis and the doctor said, you have six months to live. And the guy ended up dying. I think it was a day before the six month timeline and come to find out he never had cancer at all. And that is the power of the mind. And it is now illegal in the UK for a medical doctor to give anyone a timeline of life. So they can't say you have 18 months, you have six months, you have six weeks, as they still do here in America, because they know the power of the mind 
and they know that when you suggest something, the power of suggestion overrides everything. And the mind literally killed this man when he had no cancer at all. So feed your mind good thoughts. And I believe meditation is key, but it's so far beyond just regular meditation that people try to do and say, I can't hold a thought for 10 seconds. My mind is racing. It should be a guided meditation because Mm -hmm. that keeps you focused, but it's truly believing that if you change who you are, like if you change your personality, I think your emotions are what are creating your future. So if you're angry and negative and yelling and pissed off at the world all the time, that negativity is going to feed whatever diagnosis you have. But if you spin it and you do what makes you happy, if you feel grateful for whatever, that you have a home, you have a car, you have eyes to see, like if you really feel grateful then you are building that energetic vibration. And that's when your body just starts healing itself. And it absolutely can heal itself. It's meant to be in a state of harmony. That's what your body is meant to do, correct? Yes. I mean, I used to say this phrase all the time. And I said, you know, I need to trademark it. (laughs) Feelings become facts. Because however Mm. you feel is what you are attracting into your life. So when we do feel scared or sad or lonely or depressed or we're going to die or whatever, when you feel that for too long, you're attracting more of that negative low vibration. So you just, you know, you deal with it. You feel how you feel for about a minute or two. Mm -hmm. And then you say, I've got this. I've got this. The diagnosis does not matter. I know I can do better. I know I can heal. And you really have to have that empowered self courage to say, no, this is my body. I can heal it. And then of course, I always say you got to clean up your diet. There are supplements that are amazing, but there's so many out there. People are like, okay, I don't even know what to take. But I think the mind is probably the most important if you really, truly want to start taking control of your health. And then journal, release all the negativity in a journal. Just start writing and release everything. And then journal, what are your wishes? What do you want for your future? And then try to remove as much stress as you can and toxicity in your life. Whether it's your cooking supplies, your food, toxicity needs to be released. And the people you hang around with. So if you have somebody in your life that really, really irritates you, you either need to come to terms with it or you need to figure out what you need to do to deal with it because that can be a very big factor in those that heal and don't. I just like the introspective kind of look to taking ownership for what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell Mm -hmm. people, don't just survive. Don't just do enough to get by. Focus on thriving. Focus Mm -hmm. on having the life of your dreams. What is the life of your dreams? And some people have been in that hamster wheel for so long, they don't even know what they want anymore. They don't even know what they're dreaming. And so when that happens, that's when you know, okay, we got to get you back on track. And you're living proof, staring at the boats go by. Right. All right. I know you have some really cool free 
meditations and downloads available. If someone wanted to know more, tell us how to find you. Yes. If you go to just ask dr mom, so just ask drmom.com, that's my website. And I will have a free download that has smoothie recipe, juice recipe. Those are the ones that I used during my seven month fast. A breathing exercise that I know changes your cells all by the breath and meditations. And they are all free on YouTube. They're the ones that I did over and over and over just to keep my mind right because your mind is so powerful. Like I cannot reiterate that enough. If your mind is in the right headspace and you're confident and you're in control for the most part, I mean, you do need to surrender to a higher power too. But if you feel like you are helping yourself, then you're going to go light years beyond what the conventional medicine does. Because they basically say, do this and this and this, you're on your own. And then I created a program called the Can Survive Formula. There's 14 modules. I call it the wheel to heal. And there's a piece of pie of every single thing that I personally had to learn and change in my life to beat triple negative breast cancer. Well, I just want to say thank you for sharing your story and turning it into this empowerment for others. Thank you for having me. Until next time. To learn more about the Sundays with Wendy podcast, visit sundayswithwendy.com or to learn more about the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation, visit benjamingoldbergfoundation.org. I would love to connect with you. Get me directly on both wendy at benjamingoldbergfoundation.org or wendy at sundayswithwendy.com. Please follow, subscribe, and share this podcast. With nine seasons and over 80 episodes, it is a joy to bring you the world of healing one season at a time. This information offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you should have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay obtaining medical or health-related advice from your health care professionals because of something you may have heard on this podcast. The use of any information provided is solely at your own risk.